All I've got to do is come up with some sort of like applicable dream related content to segue into the episode and then we can go to bed. Hello everybody and welcome back to the One New Thing podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Kukruts, joined as always by my co-host and a torchbearer for the 2022 Olympic ceremonies in Beijing, Derek Wallace. Oh, I didn't know you knew about that. How's it going? Oh, not too bad, Derek. How are you doing? Uh, not so bad. Uh, IP prep this week, it's, it's what it is, but you know, I'm doing good. That's good to hear, man. This week we decided to dive into our subconscious and explore dream journaling, but before we get that... We want to talk about our weeks, and as there is a theme of this season, since it is COVID and we don't have a lot to talk about, Derek, what's the coolest thing that happened to you this week? Don't have a lot to talk about, Ryan. Speak for yourself, buddy. I decided to spoil myself and bought a Helen Chen spider for the kitchen. Um, I don't know if you know what that is, Ryan. No, what is it? It's like a wire strainer with a bamboo handle. The thing's real cool. What do you use it for? Pulling dumplings out of oil. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you got a dumpling strainer this week. I mean, you know, catfish, whatever else you want to pull out of a boil, <laughs> man, like or oil or whatever. It's a fancy strainer, and I'm really pleased with it. It's a handy tool. Yeah, I'm really pleased with it. That's pretty cool, man. Thanks. But yourself, what was the most exciting thing that happened to you this week? All right, Derek. This all happened today. And I was excited to tell you, and this is why I said the coolest thing, because I was going to make you do a limerick or something stupid. (laughs) But this week, I don't know if you remember, audience, Derek forced me to write a children's book on season one, episode three of One New Thing. I remember. I was there. I wrote a book called Distracted Danny Daniels and the Worry Machine. And a lot of parents reached out to me and they said, will you publish this? And I said, fuck it, let's go. (laughs) And I've been working on that. Now, it's in the process. It's with Freezing Press. We'll tell you guys when it's coming out, obviously. I'm not going to drop that in a podcast. But what happened today, Derek, is a friend of mine is a school teacher. And she actually edited all of my grammar and spelling on my book before I sent it into my publisher. Probably a good idea. Yep. Um, so she reached out to me today on Instagram. And she said, what are you doing at 2.30? And I said, I am working but what is up (laughs) she was like well i'm teaching a fourth grade class and it's literacy week and one of the activities that we wanted to try and do was have an author read their book oh no way yes so myself through a virtual platform known as zoom was able to read distracted danny daniels and the worry machine and take a q a from a fourth grade class right here in calgary so they're the first kids who've heard the book did they like it they liked it they really enjoyed it what i had done is i sent her all the illustrations and she had them on the uh, smart board there and I read through it Uh, they enjoyed the book and it's weird trying to judge like a fourth grade class right I mean yeah like little humans are terrifying they're super honest and they don't know enough to not be honest so yeah sketchy dude oh yeah some of the questions I got that are the funnier ones was one <laughs> One student said, I have a question. I was like, What's up? She was like, Where are the words? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Well, it's in the process, and my publishers have like a team that's going to put the book together. I said it in a more fourth gradey way than that. But honestly, what made the whole thing, and Jenna, shout out to you for bringing me in to do that. But what made the whole thing is I had a little girl, and if you don't know, my book's about anxiety and ADHD, and it is targeted to kids around like seven to 11 years old as a resource. And I had a little girl say, uh, 
I don't have a question. I just have a comment. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, go ahead. And she was like, me personally, I do struggle with anxiety and I'm diagnosed with anxiety. And she's like, and I think this book can be really helpful for kids. And so then you cried. My heart melted into eight million pieces. And then <laughs> I said, thank you for having me. And then I got off and then I went back to work. But isn't that cool, man? Man, that's incredible. That's stellar. I mean, every time I propose one of these new things and you likewise, I think our best case scenario is neither of us loses a finger whittling. But like, as far as a season one thing, snowballing and growing and turning into like, I want to go back, look at the cards and figure out what your impact was for that week. And then whether or not you want to revise it. Do we even do impacts yet? I don't know. But I don't think so. I don't think new thing impact was a thing yet. I know I say it every week, but I'm I'm genuinely really proud of you for this one. Thanks, man. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, and I was going to text you earlier, and then I was like, no, I'm going to spring it on him on the podcast record, so. One new thing does get to keep an autographed first edition for posterity, right? I had mentioned to you earlier that you were not in the dedications at the start of the book. Rude. I might have lied, so. <laughs> You know I like to be validated and or immortalized in children's novelature. Yeah, I'll share that part. One of the four dedications I have in there is to my dear friend, Derek. Hey. Thanks for making me do just one more thing. And that's your dedication in the book. <laughs> you're going to make me cry <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know why, but that caught me in my... Uh, uh, <sighs> Is this our first emotional moment? I'm tearing up. You're tearing up. Genuine moments of like friendship and gratitude. Fuck me up, dude. But maybe it is a good place to go. Maybe we're more in touch this season. And I wanted us to write down a few of our subconscious thoughts instead of us just spewing the conscious all the time. So we decided this week, well, I decided this week, Derek, we were going to keep dream journals. I was going to say, buddy, I definitely did not choose to broadcast my deepest, most thoughts. Well, I did. So fuck it. So <laughs> let's talk about dream journaling. Okay. So typically I would reach out and try to find an interview for these things. Um, but yep. I found two things to be true of dream journaling. One dream people are constantly leery that you're making fun of them. When you reach out on Instagram unsolicited <laughs> and say, yo, do you want to be on my podcast? It's about dream journaling. Like that they don't, they don't want to do that. They think they're the butt of the joke. I reached out to like a bunch of dream meme accounts. They weren't down and are probably 15. So probably for the best. I reached out to like dream coaches who were like, yo, if you want a lucid dream or whatever, buy my program and I, I, whatever, I can't afford that. I reached out to a few sleep therapists and doctors of the craft. And obviously they were like, how did you get this email? Stop calling. <laughs> and then I kind of thought to myself, you know what? If I'm not going to get the professional help that I, <laughs> that I need, <laughs> I would Google it a little bit. And I looked into the benefits of dream journaling and whatever else. I found that it was actually mostly the work of my subconscious and I didn't have much. I needed to prepare to do it. I, you know, kept a notepad next to my bed, but the pencil went missing in the sheets. So most of my notes are kept on my cellular telephone. <laughs> But this might be as good a time as any to bring back an old segment we haven't seen in a little while, Ryan. Wait, so no interview this week? No interview this week, but... Old segment. An old segment, yeah. I did want to bring us closer in touch with the dream world. You specifically, Ryan. And I decided it would be a good idea to kick out a... Six, five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Degrees of separation. 
Bro! This segment is beloved, and I know there's so much work, so I'm sorry I picked something you couldn't get an interview for. Last year, you were able to tie me to a famous sushi chef and to a famous fashion designer. Now, I am not classy, so I don't remember either name off the top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me either, right? It's not as hard as you might think, because you and I are both obviously right on the cusp of celebrity as it is. But I, I know what you're probably asking, Ryan, is who on earth would I tie you to for dream journaling? Yeah, I have no idea. Who do you tie my subconscious to? Well, Ryan, I would link you to the master of dreams himself, one of the knaves of nightmares, the Springwood slasher, Ryan. Are you familiar with Dream Eater? Freddy Krueger. Oh my god, this is the worst. I don't want to be connected in any way with Freddy Krueger. I've talked a lot about Freddy Krueger on a different show. He is terrifying, and I am kind of horrified to see how you make this connection. But no, Freddy Krueger is the master of dreams. This is a scary one. It's spooky music time. Yeah, this is really a maybe better suited to Necronomathon. What's that? I don't know what you're talking about. Moving on. Yeah, me either. Me either. I lost consciousness for a second there. Yeah, you blacked out. Shut up. All right, Ryan. Well, see if you can participate (laughs) in this a little bit here, buddy. Uh, Freddy Krueger, he made his first appearance in which 1984 film? It's Nightmare on Elm Street, the OG. Correct. Do you know who else made their first cinematic appearance in Nightmare on Elm Street? Johnny Depp. That is true. John Christopher Depp made his very first cinematic appearance in that film. Now, Ryan, here's something you may not know about Johnny Depp. In 2014, the television show who do you think you are a show about genealogists finding celebrity links amongst one another kind of doing an amateur version of what i do here ryan they explored johnny depp's family tree and do you know what they found that he has an unknown past he's from parts unknown (laughs) well he's from parts pretty specifically known some of those parts link him as a 20th cousin of none other than Queen Elizabeth II. So he's related to the queen somehow? 20th cousin. (laughs) 20th cousin to the queen? (laughs) I mean, listen, that seems a little strenuous, but uh, Dr. Nick Barrett found that to be true. He's a genealogist, and who am I to disagree with anyone with doctor in their title? You're linked to royalty. Arguably my favorite member of the royal family, baby Lizzie herself. Um, She's a monarch, and she's done much during her reign, Ryan. Not the least convenient for my purposes of which was developing the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Award Medal in 2012. What's that medal for? Well, that medal's awarded to journalists, philanthropists, human rights activists, anybody within the Commonwealth doing work to forward what she viewed to be the moral compass of the Queen's reign. Okay. Yeah. This award was drummed up to celebrate her 60th year on the throne, and it was bestowed to many people amongst... Canada, the United States, Australia, the United Kingdom, one of which was Barb Higgins. I don't know who Barb Higgins is. Barb Higgins. You don't know who Barb Higgins is? No idea who Barb Higgins is. You live in Calgary, Ryan. Yeah. Barb Higgins, she's best known for her 21-year position as senior anchor of the 6 o'clock news in Calgary. Okay. Along with a Diamond Jubilee Award she won from Queen Elizabeth II for her work in journalism, Barb Higgins is a professional speaker, certified wellness practitioner, and wife to none other than Bruce Coverington. Bruce Coverington. I don't know who Bruce Coverington 
Covington is, man. That's insane to me, Ryan. Because this man, Bruce Covington, is a two-time Grey Cup winner, Jackie Parker Trophy recipient, and a staunch windbreaker enthusiast, just like yourself. <laughs> Bruce Covington spent six years as a tackle for the Calgary Stampeders after being drafted first overall in 1992, just seven picks before first-round selection and eighth overall draft pick, Chris Morris. Chris Morris. Well, Ryan, Chris Morris, the former lineman, played all 14 of his professional seasons in the CFL with the Edmonton Eskimos. After winning three Grey Cups, it's no surprise that he wanted to stay in Edmonton and took a head coaching position with the University of Alberta Golden Bears. Ah, uh, now it's here. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> His coaching efforts are backed and pumped by wide receiver coach one Wyatt Urbanski. Do you know Wyatt Urbanski, Ryan? Yeah, Wyatt Urbanski is one of my best friends on the whole entire planet. Yeah, and my understanding of Wyatt Urbanski is he started coaching youth league in Brandon, Manitoba and co-coached with, uh, who was that, Ryan? That was Ryan Kukaroots. Ryan Kukaroots, <laughs> and that was Six Degrees of Separation, baby. Six Degrees of Separation. <laughs> Bro! Bro, <laughs> you just linked me to Freddy Krueger. I linked you to the queen. <laughs> that's a crazy one. Good on you. Hey, good on you, Ryan, for being linked so effortlessly. That's that's the queen of England and all of the Commonwealth. And Gilbert Grape's big brother. Dude, great job, as per always. Yeah, thanks, man. I figured once I'd kind of grounded us in this world, there was nothing else for me to do, but literally nothing else. Like, <laughs> straight up, turn the lights off, lay the fuck down, and see what happened. I wouldn't say it's an exhilarating week, and I kind of prefaced this last week when I said that my dreams are pretty oatmeal, man. Like, I don't, I don't have big nighttime dreams, dude. So why don't you take me through your week in like a minute? Because that's all it's going to take. You're right. This isn't going to be a big, long explanation one like Graf was. <laughs> we wrote shit down. But then why don't we just talk about uh, your dreams after that? I think that's going to be the bulk of what the people want to hear anyways. Man, sounds like a dream. Yeah, dude, I put a notebook next to my bed with a pencil. And then, like, again, deadass lost the pencil almost immediately. So I only have one handwritten note. It says, Thursday, my brother, sister, and I bought an old brick house. I wanted to wire in a plug above the ceiling for a television or security monitor. I'm not sure what that was about. Collectively, we looked for somewhere to tie off from to get the power there. And behind the bathroom mirror, I found line diagrams. The old thing had a tone like murder on the Orient Express. It was like an old timey mystery above the bathroom ceiling. I found an elaborate motor starter and then I awoke. That's just electrician dreams, dude. I don't even know what to tell you about that. Well, isn't it crazy how the outside world affects our subconscious so much? Like, obviously you think it would, but like dreaming about work, like that's an age old thing that like, especially stressful times in a job, like I used to serve and I would have dreams about serving where I could never get a drink out like all the time. But yeah, so it was like a mystery vibe. And what did you need to do? Replace a plug? I was trying to put a television plug or a security monitor plug. It's hard to say because the reality is, Ryan, I'm actually not working right now. I'm doing my last level of electrical. So I'm just straight up studying the code book five days oh, a week. So okay. it was probably a little bit of like section 16 class one wiring mixed in with <laughs> a little bit of section 26 proper placement of or receptacles shit. Like, I don't know. Moral of the story was like me and my brother, my sister were looking around an old brick house in this kind of like whodunit mystery vibe. Dude, 
So that's one dream down, and I do think that's interesting, and I think it is super obvious that the amount of studying you're doing, like, I think it might be a good thing that you had that dream. It means that your entire brain is taking in those in that information. Well, I mean, I was looking for a wiring diagram for a motor starter, so that's maybe a bad sign. I probably shouldn't need one of those at this point in my career, but <laughs> if you really need to move on to my next dream, at this point, I lost the pencil, so all of these are kept on notes, which I hammered into my phone. How many dreams were you able to capture? This I have week? five separate dreams. That's more than me. I only got four. Now, these get really spotty, partially because I think as soon as I look at my phone, that blue light shuts off my memory of the dream. Also, <laughs> because I think as soon as I start handling my phone, I kind of treat it like turning off an alarm and like I'm very much quick and snappy with it. So for my first note on the phone, my second dream, I don't have a date associated with it, but I'm in a cooking competition against a very tall man. I believe I was winning, <laughs> but the details escaped me. <laughs> So I know the details escaped you, but do you have anything? Like, do you remember what you wanted to cook? With a, was it duck larange again? That is what I have written down. In a cooking competition against a very tall man, I believe I was winning, but the details escaped me verbatim is what I have written down. Did you wake up and write that one sentence and go back to sleep or? Yes. Okay, that makes sense then. <laughs> Correct. Trying to like use this to jog my memory. I don't know if I'm cross-referencing it with like that video you'll see of the girl getting her dad to open a pickle jar while she's on a cooking show, but I do believe it was the Iron Chef set and Buddy was tall as fuck. Like I, I think that's just maybe a statement about like the intimidation of maybe professional chefs versus me. I don't know, but. Yeah, well, Derek, you're not a short man yourself, I want to say for the audience. You got to be what, 6'1"? Six 6'2", six yeah. But tall man to you is a fucking giant to me. Me over here at 5'10". In all of my dreams, I am formless and shapeless, Ryan. They're all from the first person perspective. I have no consciousness of my body. I very well may have been a four-year-old boy. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Buddy was tall. Buddy was tall. You ready for the next one, Ryan? Wait, hold on. I want to explore this. <laughs> <laughs> what if the next one's better? Don't eat up all the time. No, it's fine. We can cut it. That's how this works. Yeah, I can cut it. I want to explore this. Cooking competition. Do you remember the previous day if you had tried a new recipe or perhaps... That was the day you got your strainer. No, I got my strainer today, Ryan. That's why it was so fucking fresh in my mind. Here's what you don't know about me, dude. And like, I think I talk about it, but I think you undervalue how incredible in the kitchen I am. I'm never not trying new recipes. I'm never not doing dope shit. I'm also never not watching cooking shows. So, I mean, manager Chris said in the preseason intro that I spent the last three months watching guys grocery games. Buddy, that's all I do is watch cooking shows. So it's no wonder to me that they're polluting my subconscious a little bit. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, bring on the next one. All right. This next one, again, written in a panic in the morning, making how-to YouTube videos in the apocalypse, recipes and monster slang techniques. I had a good follower base. That's the end? That's, that's all it says. I had a good follower. <laughs> <laughs> monster slang techniques. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was hunting like Edric Horrors. I was I was hunting down Lovecraftian monsters and then making, you know, steaks and souffles out of the monsters I was slaying, making videos chronologuing the experience as how-tos for my apparently impressive follower base. That's a fucking graphic novel idea right there, man. I don't know where people were getting the internet in the apocalypse. I I did take the time to type out apocalypse spelled correctly, by the way, at like six in the morning. So, oh, good on you. So, you 
were hunting monsters, souffleing them, and making recipes, and people fucking dug it. Yeah, they wanted to see me hunt and cook werewolves, etc., etc. So again, we get the cooking. Again, a stressful situation. Yeah, a little bit. How did you know it was the apocalypse? Because of the monster hunting or was like everything on fire? Now, this one I have a semi-decent recollection of. I took visual cues for it being the apocalypse. Like we're talking smashed up buildings, things kind of on fire. (laughs) Like it was the fucking end times, dude. And I'm out here making, hey, viewer at home, this is how you cook Thulu stew. (laughs) Sulu stew. (laughs) Yeah, this is mermaid fish tacos, homeboy. I'm glad we did this because I didn't realize how much I dream about cooking. I know. Like One thing we are finding right now is that recent things especially stick into your subconscious. And obviously you're on cooking show fucking kick and you've been studying your drawing. So good for you. I'm proud of you because you're trying to get that journeyman ticket. Yeah, thanks, man. Okay, this next one, though, buddy, we're starting to lose form a little bit here. I said, dreamt I could hold my breath a long time. I was preparing for the record. Kind of just a snooze button dream. And that's what I have written. I don't know what that means. I don't remember this dream at all. I think it was between like I I'd woke up, I hit snooze, I dreamt in the meantime, and then I typed this out, you know, hit snooze probably another four times okay so it was like one of those short you didn't really get into it you just were really into holding your breath yeah like because i've had those drowning dreams before i haven't had like a proper nightmare since i was you know in puberty honestly like i have pretty chill dreams as an adult but i've had drowning dreams and this wasn't that this was a dream of me very deliberately learning to hold my breath for a very long time in pursuit of being able to hold my breath longer than anyone is this like a life goal like are you really into holding your breath no i'm not i'm not super into static apnea although i will propose it as a new thing at some point later in the season yeah 100 i completely get it holding my breath is not going to be an easy challenge so i'm not looking forward to that one <laughs> at all yeah okay so that's dream four or five and what was your final dream all right ryan this one i do remember being a direct result of your other podcast you and i had had a conversation about your reviews of the challenge and i was thinking yeah like i don't know what the challenge is but i just assume it's big brother and so i then dream reality show style big brother house i had to shovel jello off of a couch with a pitchfork i woke up (laughs) hit the snooze button and returned to return to the dream when i returned to the dream i stepped in the jello on the floor and (laughs) that's all i that's all i got there man a big brother show like did you eat jello that week or no dude i haven't had jello since i was maybe eight or nine you haven't had jello since you were nine First of all, who the fuck are you? Dude, I haven't had Jell-O since, like, Moxie's Brandon clothes. Then I stopped going there for birthdays. Your boy's a pudding, dude. How do you make a reality show out of that, though? That's what I want to know. I didn't write the show, buddy. I just sent in my real-world interview tape and got put on the show like everybody else, dude. I'm not here to write the shit. I'm just here to compete in the Pitchfork Jell-O challenges. Shoveling Jell-O with Pitchfork. I get it. Be difficult. Man, what if I'm the Jell-O stuck on the couch and it's me trying effortlessly to get myself to get up and go experience the world but i can't because of covid so when i wake up i'm just standing in a puddle of my lost potential dude bruh (laughs) okay here's what i do want to address about my own dreams i haven't looked at them since i wrote them down four of my dreams have me preparing for some sort of a competition reality show style thing i mean the youtube videos is not necessarily a competition but most of my dreams are about media this podcast is clearly causing me problems 100 percent and i can see it in your eyes every time i say another 
12 hours for the edit. <laughs> but, uh, and three uh, out of the five are directly relating to food, which is obviously a huge inspiration for me. In the interest of full disclosure for this podcast, because you know I don't keep much from our listeners or from you, Ryan, my co-host and life partner, I had quite a few dreams that I have written down that I can't share because of my girlfriend's presence in them. There's a couple of those, and those are equally disjointed although the words that come through are a little more graphic, so. That's fair. I appreciate you letting me know. Also, it sounds like you did a better job than me because I could only get four down, or I didn't dream as much as I thought this week. Well, you know what I learned about you from those dreams, Derek, before we talk about mine, is I learned that you love cooking shows, you love competition, you love social media, you love media in general, you love food, and work has been a big part of your life. And I also learned that your girlfriend is constantly in your brain, but we won't talk about those. So yeah, man, I don't I don't know what all of that says about me. Clearly, I've got a lot to unpack, and I need to monitor the amount of cooking shows I'm watching. Also, that apocalypse thing might be something I should talk to a therapist about. But that's the fun I had in my subconscious this week. Ryan, I'm curious, uh, how does your week dream journey? Go. Yeah, man. The thing about dream journaling is I did this intentionally. It was my thing. I wanted us to go ahead and take it a little easy after the hours we had to put in last week for my own sanity. Is that because you don't sleep? Yeah, I didn't dream because I didn't sleep. The end of the podcast. Um, I went into this knowing that the preparation was going to be nil. I just needed a notepad and needed to sleep. Does it, right? Easy peasy. This is one of my favorite new things that we've ever done, Ryan. Me too. The effort is going to be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, tried to find a pen. So I did the same thing as you, actually, and I missed my entire first dream because I lost my pen, and it was gone by the time I found anything. So I was 0 for 1. Something I do want to point out, Ryan, actually, there was, like, a weird amount of pressure that I was waking up to to record these dreams. Like, it, it's a weird space. Like, you wake up, you had a dream, and instead of being like, huh, weird, for those, like, five fleeting seconds before it evaporates forever, you're like, where's a fucking pencil? I need to chronologue this. I, I feel like Isaac Newton, you know, with the idea for gravity or some shit. Like, I'm trying to, I gotta, I gotta get this down. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's exactly how it feels. Like, there's so much pressure to do that, like, right at that moment. <laughs> oh, shit, Derek. I literally just remembered that first night stream. <gasps> we did it. Yeah, I dreamt that you actually got an answer right for once. Oh, fuck. And my dream becomes a nightmare. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? Yes, Derek. You are charmed, I am sure, as against my best judgment I have returned yet again. Uh, there are bad charms, Ryan. This week I have returned to speak upon the practice of dream journaling. Everybody dreams, dear boy, even an idle-headed pillowweight such as yourself. Isn't it quite amusing that a peasant's most inspirational dreams are my daily reality? Ryan, we have very similar lives. I'm here to educate you about the art of dream journaling. Now, when speaking about dream journaling, every week we do begin with a definition and with a history. Now, with the history of dreaming being as old as mankind itself, dear boy, all I need this week from you is a simple definition of the word dreams. Oh, man, that seems easy, right? Like a, um, uh, <laughs> it is a nocturnal representation of the subconscious mind id and super ego fueled brian i don't know 
Huh, you oft-forgotten sheet sweat. How, my dear boy, can I give you such an easy task? And you, with your simple-minded thoughts, try to spruce it up into something it is not. The definition of dreams is quite straightforward, Derek. Dreams are a series of thoughts, images, or emotions occurring during sleep. You do not need all that other giggle-gaggle that you went with. <laughs> Fuck takes one to no one, buddy. Now... This question is a bit more difficult, so I do fear we are going to have more of the same. Derek, in 300 words or less, provide for me a dissertation on the sleep cycle and its many stages. Okay, uh, so we've got wakefulness, right? Like awake is obviously one of the stages of being asleep. Uh, we're going to go from awake to light sleep, uh, deep sleep, uh, REM sleep, medium REM sleep, <laughs> uh, and then uh, semi-awakefulness again, we'll go with. Oh, to recap how Derek just so eloquently explained sleep cycle, two of these stages are being awake. Okay. <laughs> no, one of them was awake and one of them was nearly awake. Let me just fill you in, dear boy, as your grandstanding yet again has resulted in everyone being slightly more ill-informed there are five stages of the sleep cycle, correct? None of which are being awake, for your information. Stage one of the sleep cycle is the lightest stage of sleep. The EEG brain frequency is slightly slower than during awake time. There's muscle tone present in the skeletal muscles and breathing occurs at a regular rate. In stage two of sleep, it usually follows directly after stage one, but not always, and represents a deeper sleep than that. However, it is still a light sleep. In stage three and four, these are both referred to as deep sleep. They are progressively deeper stages of sleep on your way to REM sleep, like you mentioned. The stages of sleep are also called the slow wave sleep, or delta sleep part of the cycle. And finally, Derek, stage five is your REM sleep. It's the stage of sleep associated with dreaming most commonly. It is very different physiologically from other stages of sleep. The EEG resembles wake time, however, the skeletal muscles are a tonic or without movement, the breathing is more erratic and irregular, and the heart rate often increases. Yeah, that's exactly what I said, Ryan. Word for word, I'm sure. I'll have to listen on the playback. <laughs> now, Derek, as I spoon-feed you an answer from my phenomenal explanation of the REM sleep cycle, we all know now that most dreaming does occur during REM sleep, dear boy. However, I challenge you to tell me why this stage makes it the most possible to do so. Okay, I fucking kind of remember this. Okay, it's grade 10 science class, Derek. Get there, buddy. Get there. There's a hormone released that keeps you from acting out the dream. Uh, rapid eye movement. Your brain thinks it's doing stuff. And to keep me from punching and kicking monsters in my sleep, Ryan... Uh, there's, there's some, there's some brain hormone, brain juice, brain juice, Ryan. Derek, I, I do apologize, but through all of your ripple rabble there, I seem to have drifted away. The problem with your answer, Derek, although the tone may have been correct, is your butchering of scientific terms in the English language. I'm pretty sure they call it brain juice at John Hopkins, Ryan. Oh, Jonathan Hopkins, a dear.
dear friend of mine. He would disagree with your butchering of the English language. REM sleep is characterized by paralysis of the voluntary muscles. The phenomenon is known as REM atonia and prevents you from acting out your dreams while you're asleep. Because your motor neurons are not stimulated, your body does not move. I know you have a form of the answer in there, but I shall not award you any points for said answer. <laughs> Derek, you chicken-hearted dew-beater you. During the typical life cycle, how much time does the average human being spend dreaming? Um... <laughs> well, Ryan, there's 24 hours in a day, and I would say that maybe six of those on average is spent asleep. So we're looking at 18 hours... Wait, sorry, six hours of sleep. And then of that six hours that you're asleep, how much time do you spend in REM sleep? We will say like, I'm gonna guess 33%. So one sec, Ryan, I'm using my calculator on this one. Six times 0.33, we're looking at 1.98 hours out of 24 multiplied by the average human life. I'm gonna say 8.2% of the human life is spent dreaming. That is fantastic math, Derek. Thanks, the calculator did it. However, I would require you once again to pull out your abacus and convert <laughs> your percentage into years of life. Okay, word. Uh, so let's say the average human life spans 86 years multiplied by the 0 0.0825. 7.95 years of the average human life is spent dreaming. That answer would be correct if everyone had their heads in the clouds as much as you do, Derek. <laughs> However, the correct answer was six years of life. I'm honestly not that far off, dude. You know what, Tesla, if you're doing like a new sleep division, hit your boy up. Dear boy, mm -hmm. there are many different theories about dreaming as the science and the studying of dreams can never be concrete. Now, what is the most popular theory regarding why dreams are so difficult to remember? I'm going to assume that there's a certain sedat like sedative hormone in your brain somewhere, and as you come out of the sleep state and that filters out of your brain and then your actual short-term memory kicks back in for the day, it overtakes the... You know what? Fuck that thing I said about sedatives. I'm going to go right into short-term memory doesn't put anything from your dream into the long-term memory. Derek, the amount that hormones has entered your mind in this short conversation is quite predictable from a lonely-hearted go-alonger such as yourself. However, your filibustering may have saved you. Your answer was not far off, much in the way a chimpanzee is not far off from Homo erectus. <laughs> Off, Ryan. According to the most popular theory about why dreams are so difficult to remember, the changes in the brain that occur during sleep do not support the information processing and storage needed for memory formation to take place. Brain scans of sleeping individuals have shown that the frontal lobe, the area that plays a key role in memory formation, are inactive during rapid eye movement sleep, the stage in which dreaming most often occurs. Huh, so I crushed it. Derek, just one more question for you. Now, we all know the wet dream is a common humorous theme in conversation amongst unwelcome bedfellow like yourself. Research has found that what percentage of all dreams are sexual in nature, and of those dreams, what percentage end in an orgasm? All right, I'm gonna say sex dreams probably occupy like, I gotta think like 
on the broader scope of the human brain, right? If I'm trying to find a median here, I guess like there's a bunch of 99% sex dream having ass teenagers. So, but I'm gonna say like global average across all dreams being had, let's say 31% are sex dreams. Of that 31%, I wanna say 0.56 of them end in nocturnal emission. Dear boy. Your filthy, gutter-filled brain has steered you away from science yet again. Eight <laughs> percent of all dreams are sexual in nature. Oh, that was high. Of those eight percent, four percent end in nocturnal emissions. But Derek, much like a wet dream, your final response was both messy and overall unsatisfying for everyone but yourself. <laughs> This has been another Facts and Stats. Yeah, man. It was definitely a interesting time, though. I didn't have to do much. I just woke up and tried to write shit down. Lost my pen the first one. I really did lose my first dream. I just queued you up for failure there. Did you ever, buddy? You haven't gotten me like that since season one. So I have a question for you, Derek. Should I start with my worst dream or do them in order? Because my the lamest dream was the one I had last night. 100% chronological order, Ryan. I want to see like the rise and fall of your psyche. Okay. All right. So this one, I wrote a lot. And I remember this dream like to this day because it was borderline nightmare. I guess that's something I haven't asked. Like, are you a nightmare guy? Not usually, but this one was super vivid. I think it's because the Vivance was still like an extreme effect. And so that like manipulates how intensely I feel my dreams. Do you think the Vive and Vivance stands for vivid dreams? It might, man, because I woke up from this one at 5 a.m., went and locked my condo door, like double-checked it, and I checked all the rooms at my house. It was that real. So I'll start with this one, but it's the craziest of all the dreams. So this is what I wrote. Foreign Russian gamer girl named Jordi. There was two O's in it. It was really weird. It was like Jordi, but Jordi. Jordi. She came over and she said she was a gamer that I played against. And I told her to come over to hook up. It felt like a setup because I don't play video games. I was going to say, don't you not play video games, Ryan? Not at all. I swear, if you've been lying to me and cheating on me with this Jordi character. Also, I wrote this. Also, she was yucky slash unsanitary and felt unclean. <laughs> I wrote, she wouldn't leave. Finally convinced her to go, and she put on like nine jackets. I was concerned she was stealing my sister's jackets. Now, I don't live with my sister anymore, but apparently I lived at home. But at the moment you did. Yeah. When she finally was going to leave, my dad woke up, and I didn't want him to see her. Wasn't a good look because she seemed bad. Well, hiding from my father, we bonded and formed a small friendship. <laughs> But as she was leaving, she tried again to kiss me at the door very forcibly and had a cold sore on her lip. Oh my. I had to force her out of the door physically, and when she got outside, she screamed. There was someone on my sidewalk, face down in a jacket, missing part of one of their legs, and the other ankle looked broken. No. It was winter and slippery. But this also felt like a setup. She had been on her phone speaking in a different language right before she left. Then I woke up and locked all my doors. <laughs> that was my dream. There is so much to unpack here, Ryan. Firstly, and something I need, as speaking as a gamer, I need to get off the table quickly here. Do you think subconsciously you think that gamers are unsanitary or Russians? No, I think that scammers are unsanitary. Like, I imagine people who are trying to, like, phone. And because scammers and 
gamers are spelt similar? <laughs> no, it just felt like a scam because I don't game. Oh. Like, it doesn't matter that she's like, I'm a gamer, Jordy. And she's like, you... You talk to me on the internet. I'm suspicious. This is an element that I was missing is that this whole thing is set like a scam telephone call vibe. Oh, yeah. A live action scam telephone. It's a foreign national calling with more information than you're comfortable with and being like, hey, Mr. Kukaroots, are you here? Like, I'm seeing that perhaps you, you know, do you want to send your money to like, to a Nigerian prince? Exactly. The whole time I felt uneasy. We bonded a little bit hiding from my dad. But other than that, it was uneasy feeling the entire time. Let me ask some questions, Ryan. I, there's so much here I want to address. Did the dream take place in Russia? No, it was in Brandon, Manitoba. It was my exact parents' front yard. Several jackets. Several jackets. What do you think that says about your want to layer up, cover yourself, hide the inner You know what's funny? I haven't bought a jacket in like 12 years, so I don't know. I'm not talking about temperature, baby. I'm talking about hiding what's inside. Oh, you're trying to like psychoanalyze this shit. I think I was already scared she was a scammer and then she was stealing my sister's shit. <laughs> like, I don't know how much it is. I think it was another way for her to scam me and I think things were falling apart because she was a young lady that was like, I want to hook up with you. And I'm like, I don't want to hook up with you. This seems like a scam. So she was trying to figure out ways. Okay, second to last thing I want to touch on here, Ryan. You said you formed a small friendship with your dad while hiding. No, no, no. I formed a small friendship with Joe Lordy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, you were hiding from your dad. Oh, I misunderstood. That. I misunderstood. You and Jordy were hiding from your dad. Yeah, I said, we have to hide. My dad will not be happy that I have this random person in my house. And then we formed a small friendship. We started chatting and she was like, you're very mean. And I'm like, well, you're very sketchy. And then we became friends for a second. Right. So honestly, Jordy, Jordy's just a, a, a gal with a job, right? That job happens to be to scam you and steal your sister's coats. But like when you're on break, everybody's cool. That's nice. Final question though, Ryan, I, and we won't get this in depth with every one of them, but as an adult man who, you know, owns a condo, lives in a different province, what was it like to be in your parents' home again? It was nice. I had a nice sense of security living at home. I... It was nice, Ryan? There was a legless corpse in the front lawn. Well, I don't know. I think that was a Russian scammer with a fake broken ankle. <laughs> <laughs> That was part two. That was she right before she left. She was on the phone and she was speaking Russian gibberish. And then she tries to kiss me. I physically force her out. And then she's like, ah, like screams. And then there's this guy like on the ground. It's like 4 a.m. Why are you on my sidewalk, dog? So you're saying that like the backup plan to her scam was somehow involved with the, the legless guy in your front lawn. 100%. He was missing one of his legs. One ankle looked broken, but you can trick people. You can take your shoe off a little bit. Maybe she wanted me to go outside and help him. I was like, nope, fuck this shit. And I woke up and I locked all the doors in my real condo. I think there's a lot to unpack here that I don't want to get into right now. I mean, just... You can do a two-hour episode on that one dream. That's what I'm saying. That one, that one was a banger. That was my early week. Definitely. We got, we got to move on. You said you had four dreams. Hit me with the next one. All right. This one is much shorter. This is also the same scenario as you is where I was like woke up and just tried to write down some things before going back to sleep. Sure. So it's nice and short. But I have part of it that I can analyze right away. 
Have you watched Disenchantment on Netflix? Disenchantment is the next Matt Groening uh, vehicle there. He's uh, he's going into like a fantasy steampunk world. All right. So I just watched that. All right. Here's what I wrote. Ryan, I wrote about myself in a third person. Nice. Ryan as an elf. I was an elf stealing food, trying to escape getting caught. I was watching a lot of TV and hiding because I was stealing chips from grandma's house. That's what I wrote. <laughs> That's my ramblings <laughs> in the morning. So as an elf watching TV, stealing chips from my grandma's house trying not to get caught okay so after watching and i assume binge watching it's a netflix show after binge watching disenchantment between being princess tia beanie lucy and elfo yeah you identify with elfo i guess so in that dream i 100 did i think i'd be a lucy you're a demon i don't know about de- he's, a, he's an ex-demon man he's got like a moral code he's trying to do better boiler alert not until like part two word 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 yeah word yeah, I just, I don't know where to go with that one. It was so short. Like, you really, why was I stealing chips? Why was I at my... <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, why were you stealing chips? Do you want to talk about relationships with food and the... My grandma was alive and I was stealing chips. Well, do you have any memories of sneaking snacks from your grandmother's house? Because I can remember eating French toast crunch out of my grandma's pantry. Yeah, but my grandma was so dope. R.I.P. Eileen. She fed us like fucking kings. Uh, she did anything we wanted all the time. So I would never have to steal. Maybe it was close to dinner, but I don't know. I don't have enough context of the dream. No, like stealing, stealing food from grandma's pantry is such an oxymoron, right? Like grandma's probably knew you were stealing food and were like, good for that boy. He's going to be so tall and strong someday. That's what it's about. Grandmas want to see you eat. This one you might want to get into, though. All right. This was a long dream, and I wrote another long thing. Not as long as Jordy. Jordy. But going to a Jets game, adopting Clear Lake with my parents, as you would. On the way to Winnipeg. Yep. (laughs) American listeners, you wouldn't. Those places are geographically very distant. Yeah, yeah, they're not a good spot. Yeah, that's a Manitoba-only reference. Then my next comment is, set several lake houses on fire accidentally. How? How? We, like, accidentally set our own on fire, and it burned through the neighborhood. You're out here lighting lake houses on fire. What accidental flame? It was like a candle, and it went up the wall of ours. It, like, shot up like a light. Oh, you know what? Us talking about it helped me remember. Some people were trying to rob us, and then... (laughs) Some people were trying to rob us. They were like the Home Alone fucking bandits. Like, <laughs> oh, the wet bandits. Gotcha. Yeah. They were trying to rob us, and then the house caught on fire. They had knocked over a candle in the back room while they were rummaging, and we were tied up. Anyways, we escaped. The whole neighborhood goes up. People are pissed. So me and my parents go straight to the airport. We're at the airport, and then our flights are delayed, and then my best childhood friend, Skylar Lee, shows up in my dream. He's at the airport. He's like, you want to grab some food? I'm like, sure. And then we go to this diner and we're trying to get a table for the buffet. RIP buffets. COVID casualty. They'll be back. You can't hold down a buffet. We're trying to get a table, but all these like old people are blocking us from tables. They're like, this is our table. Like, We're trying to get one. We finally get this like weird corner two person table in this shit little buffet diner, right? There's like seven cooks on break and no waitress. So like it's pandemonium. Everyone is freaking seating themselves fighting for tables you gotta have a hostess you were gonna be so late for this jets game it was rough right and then again line i couldn't get a plate everyone kept taking all the plates i changed lines like three or four times out of plates out of plates out of plates (laughs) you never change a line you gotta double down on your line dude i know well just wait man it's a frustrating (laughs) mess so i finally get a plate all the food there's like five aisles it's a super buffet Mm mm-hmm 
And like every aisle is a salad bar. And I'm like, I just want hot food. I'm pissed and I'm really mad. And then finally, like some redneck dude was like, hey, the hot food is up top. There was like a double up top and the hot food was on top of the cold. So we're talking like who's two decker. It was a double decker second floor. You got to go to the upstairs for the hot food. No, 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 no. Literally the buffet like had the top and then on top of the like cart. Oh, so you had to be incredibly tall. This must have been the restaurant owned by uh oh like gravity defying yeah it was ogres man so he showed me the hot food what guess what what guess what happened all of it all of it ice cold <gasps> it always is though and it was a weird buffet i'm talking honestly part of this is your fault because i'm talking <laughs> uh mashed potatoes ice cold i'm talking Ooh. like deep fried chicken ice cold there was this weird stack of burgers and half were whoppers and half were their version of the whopper and like wrapped like full whoppers oh, so it was like it was russian roulette except sometimes you get a whopper and sometimes you get like a whimper yeah exactly <laughs> but they were like trying to advertise you won't know which one's different ours is better though <laughs> And then uh, like I'm Hellman's like, half the fat male. They're doing they're doing yeah. the Coke Pepsi challenge in there. One hundred percent. And I was like, I just give me a fucking whopper, I guess. So I'm looking for a microwave. Can't find a microwave. Save my life. I've been here for like two hours at this point. We just want to eat. I'm starving. My flight like is gonna leave. I finally find a microwave, and it's so weird. It's like a huge microwave. Like the door is probably, I swear to God, three feet tall. And I open it. It's like just like a big empty space. But I'm like, it's a microwave, whatever. So I just put my like tray on the ground of the huge microwave. The human sized microwave. Got it. Yeah. And then I hit start. And then I hear just like. <laughs> Turns out it's like a paint can shaker, like a tumbling. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like look inside and my food is fucking just everywhere. So I can't eat any of it except the Whoppers because they're wrapped in fucking paper. So, so I grab my Whoppers and I give up and I take one bite of the Whopper and then I wake up. That's, that was the end of the dream. No, this is what I'll say. I have a lot of these dreams. When you say a lot of these dreams, you don't mean a lot of dreams about mutant buffets. You mean a lot of dreams where you wake up right at the end of it. I have a lot of dreams where I spend the entire time frustrated trying to accomplish something, whether it be a sex dream, whether it be eating, whether it be serving, where thing after thing goes wrong. And then I wake up at the payoff all the time. I probably have one of those dreams at least every two weeks that I can remember. I bet you that says something. Oh, I'm sure it does. One of those doctors that didn't return my calls would be able to unpack for us. <laughs> if you had to tell me right now, Ryan, looking me in the eyes, do you think you got the red pill or the blue pill? Do you think you got the Whopper or the Whimper? No, okay, I need to clarify. The Whopper was wrapped in a Whopper paper. You knew. And they were like, take one of each and fucking do it. Like, they're like, take two burgers. Like... <laughs> And just to make sure, put all of our cold food in the human-sized microwave shaker and vibrate everything. <laughs> like, I might have heated up from kinetic energy if I left it there for, like, a week. <laughs> like, it was... Uh, shout out to kinetic energy. Thank you for sponsoring <laughs> this podcast. But yeah, man, I have those dreams all the time, and I just woke up hungry and pissed. Man, what a ride. You said you had one last underwhelming dream left. I Yeah, I know. See, I hit you with two bangers, and then I go in. No, I, I look forward to cooling off after that. I'm sweaty. I, I don't know if you're sweaty at home. Ryan, are you sweaty? Like, fuck, I'm sweaty after that one. What a roller coaster. See, I had these dreams, so I knew what was happening, so I'm just mad. Mad reading them again. I am having flashbacks of this dream, and it's making me super fucking angry. And then, you want to hear my fourth dream, Derek? Yeah, hit me. It's so underwhelming. 
after that story. That's, I wrote two sentences. I was hanging out with the guys from Workaholics. Nice. Sipped a casual beer. It was chill. Right. <laughs> my dream. It was nothing. It was. I hung out and I had just finished watching Workaholics. Like it, I sipped a beer with them. They, we were at the Workaholics house, but it was so fucking chill. Like they were just chilled out and sipped a casual beer and I woke up. Can I say on behalf of the listener, we needed that. After three very stressful dreams, it's nice to know that one quarter of the time when you're asleep, you're just chilling, dude, having a beer. That's just how my brain works, dog, man. I don't know. It's some crazy dreams, and I wrote them in vivid detail for them, and that is just basically what happened. That's it. That's the whole kit and caboodle. Derek, before we move on, now that everyone has heard my dreams, and I know it's going to be entertaining, even though it was a pointless activity. Derek, you've heard my dreams, and they're pretty fucking off the wall. What do you think about them? Try and interpret some. So two of four dreams featured... One featured a woman you couldn't get. One featured a woman you didn't want, and then in one, you cast yourself as Elfo. So I do want to note like a bit of a, maybe a, a desire to meet the right woman. Well, okay. Well, one, I obviously have a desire to meet the right woman. I'm a man who's single. Not me. But... I only want to date <laughs> awful women. Yeah, I would fight back a little bit on your interpretation, though. One featured a woman I did not want, an unde- well, say an undesirable woman. Certainly, but a problematic woman all the same. No other dream featured a woman. So I'm not sure. Like, I did compare, I compared myself to Alpho, but that's because you asked me the question, why Alpho? And I, yeah, I might have been putting those words in your mouth. I mean, I'm no Freud. I'm just. I think that one has more to do with my grandma. I think that one has more to do with, like, missing my grandma, honestly, like, snacking and. One thing we used to do with Grandma Eileen all the time is kind of push her on purpose, like test her. So like sneaking chips sounds like, you know, we're trying to test Grandma because she's such a sweetheart. Right. My grandma had a spanking spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Mine had a paddle. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a spanking paddle, but it had a big pillow hard on it like grandma was a softy i mean we never got spanked with grandma's spanking paddle it just it i mean we got spanked buddy like the paddle wasn't for the, the paddle wasn't for spanking but my my grandmother's paddle said uh for loudmouth punks and noisy drunks my grandma said grandma's whooping stick i think that one had more to do with just missing her i think and then the alpha stuff bled over i was an elf it probably took me to like a small childish stature um i would say well, okay, so when you're saying that, Ryan, I mean, you do dream with the vulnerability of a child, it seems. You had one dream in your parents' house, you had another dream where you were a small elf, and in all of your dreams, it seems like they're kind of out of your control, like you're kind of experiencing the dream as it comes to you. A bit of a youthful vulnerability there, and I do like that and trust that in a co-host. Well, I think that people can hear that from meme and conversations in season one that we had, that it is a big focus, and... I'm a hard-on-your-sleeve kind of guy who has actively for two straight years tried to be more vulnerable, so I think that definitely plays into it because I didn't used to be. Good to see it working. Well, I'm vulnerable now. I don't know if it's working for <laughs> being better, but <laughs> maybe I'm just more easily offended now. But Fuck, man. This podcast wouldn't be worth listening to if you wow. weren't vulnerable, you big softy. Well, if you didn't have dope ideas, we wouldn't listen to it either. That's why it's a perfect pair. The last thing I do want to bring up, Ryan, and buddy, this podcast was forged to reconnect our friendship. It was forged to grow as people. It sounds like you're fucking stressed, dude. Yeah, you know, I suffer from like some stress and some anxiety. It's COVID. I was laid off. I just started a new job. So maybe that's why I didn't dream as much this week as I did last week because I'm working now. But I definitely, I've got a few gray hairs and it's not age. 
<laughs> Maybe a bit of both, eh? I don't think you're wrong there. I think I'd lean more towards frustrated than stressed. You know what? That's fair. But I think your analysis is pretty spot on on the vulnerability thing, but... Can I analyze you now, motherfucker? Yeah, get out. <laughs> I would like nothing more. <laughs> Honestly, no. I don't think I learned a ton from your dreams. I think there's two factors. <laughs> there's two things that I want to psychoanalyze. Hey, me. One is your dreams, specifically your cooking competition. Yep. Holding breath. Yep. And your monster recipe how-to vlogs. Sure, yeah. All seem like things where you are trying to prove something to yourself. Super valid. In- <laughs> Ooh, super valid. <laughs> the man was really tall. You probably didn't see his face very much. I think you were at a battle with someone not specific. It was a competition with yourself. You're a tall dude. Oh, God, this hurts. I love Good for you. Probably. That was, yeah, I think there's a competition within yourself. So even when something's not a competition, you probably take it as a competition a little bit. Uh, yeah. So that was my first one. Definitely. Yeah. Super yes. And you know what? I never thought of the tall man as myself until you said it, but like almost certainly. And it wasn't a cooking competition, Ryan. It was just a personal growth competition. You know, that's fair. Fuck. All right, all right. Two episodes in a row, we hit a spot with Derek. We're, we're progressing. Oh, no. Am I getting Season two. Season two, Season two is off the chain. <laughs> and then the other one I picked up on, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but the other one I picked on is the same one you said for me, that you're stressed and you're frustrated because these are, like, hunting monsters and not dying in the apocalypse is stressful. <laughs> Yo, dude, you misinterpret my relationship with the idea of the apocalypse. I'm a gamer, dude. Every game I love is set in a wasteland of some kind. But I think as far as comfort is concerned, you're close. But I think what I would say is that I had three dreams where being in the public forum was a main character. And I do think the vulnerability I'm feeling on this podcast from last week trickled into my dreams this week. You know what I mean? Like I had three dreams about content creation and that says some shit because like you did this. You made a podcast long before you dragged me into making a podcast and this is a space that I'm still to mm-hmm. this day not super comfortable with. It just the, the vulnerability, the exposure, the putting something out there and saying I'm proud of this, I'm glad I did this and I want people to listen to this is intimidating and I think that's you know an, an active part of my subconscious these days. Well, to say something on vulnerability and growth because one I want to compliment you Derek you have come a long way since we started this podcast as far as getting the guard down a little bit I remember the first couple episodes you had uh, you had the wild card Derek character (laughs) it was someone that you were going to be on a podcast and now I think it's evolved and you are more you and that's something that I preach and I think it's important for every listener too is you don't have to interpret dreams or write a rap song or read professional development books to really self-examine yourself and try and be more you and i think if everyone does that it'll help them grow and mature and be better people absolutely and you know what this as much as anything is a podcast about doing the work ryan and whatever capacity you have the strength and the time to do the work but just never stop doing the work and that could be writing a rap song that could be giving yourself a stick and poke tattoo that could be just thinking about your dreams with a friend once in a while but like for sure man do the fucking work and you'll get where you're going as long as you keep chipping away at it i completely agree with you and from what derek just said just do the fucking work and 
As funny as our segments are and as awesome as us personalities are, the reason that you are really listening right now, if you are, is it because there is a growth happening every week and it is entertaining. But there's a reason the segments go as they are. And then we hit the final segment and then we rate something on our impact on our life and if we continue to do it and if we put a lot of effort into doing it. And I think no matter what those scores are, I think that resonates with people. Every time you try something new, if you looked at how it impacted you and if it'll be good for you moving forward... I think that's all we can really ask. But speaking of impact and doing things. Yeah, I'm curious. Where are you going with this, Ryan? I think we said all we needed to say. Like, I, Joe Ordy's not here. My door is locked. Is it time to put dream journaling to bed, Ryan? Oh, let's lay her down gently and lock the doors. <laughs> <laughs> So, Derek, it wasn't the most difficult task this week. It was a real dream. What would you say your honest effort was this week? My honest effort this week is a fucking... I don't want to be, like, going in on dream journaling here, but my honest effort this week got to be a dead ass, like, 0.3. I did it all subconsciously, man. I wrote down some stuff. The hardest part was falling asleep, you know? It's like, (laughs) having the dreams is easy. Yeah, I agree with you. This was, out of every new thing we've ever done, one of the least strenuous. Absolutely. Pillow soft week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, completely fair. (laughs) What about the impact, though? Hopefully we have a little bit of a higher score uh, on these. You know what? The impact was kind of like running headfirst into a mattress, Ryan, soft and cushy. We had some good chats today, dude, but like we could have had equally deep conversations about the sunrise or a third thing and (laughs) (laughs) and so again you know what i'm gonna say for the impact that five days worth of mediocre dream journaling had on my life ryan 0.7 going hella low on this one which brings us to the biggest question because even if the impact's not huge The effort wasn't huge either. True. So will you do this again? I mean, if I'm just going to like throw a blanket over all of it, then probably at some point, like I imagine at some point, somebody else, either you or a therapist or whatever is going to say, hey man, maybe dream journal. And I'm not going to say nah, too much work. Or like, I don't know, it really shook me up last time. So like, yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, nice. No, that's good, man. I uh, think if you would have completely refused to do this one, I would have <laughs> thought you were a crazy person. So that's completely fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides, like, you never know when I'm going to stumble into like a paid sleep study, right? Like effects of electrocution on the sleep habits of 28-year-old Manitoban males. It's up. <laughs> like if that exists, I will I will sleep for a paycheck for sure. Oh, 100%. You could turn this into some sort of lucrative uh action, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of a sleeper of a week for me, Ryan, but I'm curious, how was your big 3? First off and foremost, as always, what was your honest effort this week? I'm right with you. It, the hardest part was trying to remember to do it. Uh, or to find the pen like that was it so me for the sake of any potential future graphics we'll go 0.5 on this one that's legitimate and that's pretty big of you way to keep it honest man gotta keep it honest man i didn't have to try very hard in fact i had to try so little that doing this activity actually improved the quality of my life because i didn't have anything else to stress about i got to go to bed earlier right and you kind of got to sleepwalk through this task Exactly. You have so many puns coming right now, and my brain is not working that way, Derek, so I'm going to let you hammer every single one of those. 
Don't worry, dude. You uh, you can just press snooze. I'll take care of it for both of us. All right, Derek's fire right now, so maybe we shouldn't even answer it. I'll just let Derek talk for me. I'll give a number, and I'll let Derek fill it in. I mean, yeah, you know what, though? That was a fair, honest effort. I mean, the impact. You got a little bit of sleep this week. Where's your impact at? Yeah, I'm looking at this much differently than you. You were under one. How did this impact me? One, I got better sleep. Two, I have some very interesting stories written down. I could potentially turn into a book one day. Um, Three, I got to look a little deeper into your subconscious. So I overall feel like the impact, I know we could have great conversations about the sunset, but the sunset doesn't have to do anything with the ironclad vault that is Derek's brain. So I was able to get a few new things uh, from this. Two and a half. It still wasn't huge. Like, it was still not a huge impact. But I'm going to give it a two and a half. That's reasonable. Ryan, my brain is much like the sun in that you're best to just bask in its warm glow, but will hurt yourself if you look directly at it. Yeah, don't stare directly into Derek's brain or you'll go blind. At least without like a welding glasses on. And so, Ryan, yeah, it sounds like you hit the sheets this week and then you hit the sheets pages this week. And it was overall a very productive run for you. You said 2.5. I think that's I think that's reasonable, especially for like a guy that dead ass needed sleep. <laughs> like... <laughs> good pick, man. I mean, you wrote a song about it last week, and this week uh, you got it. So good for you, brother. And uh, you know where we're at, Ryan. Um, are you going to do this again? You know what? Honestly, after this conversation and seeing the ridiculous things that my brain does when I'm sleeping, I might keep this little journal going because I don't know what's going to turn out of it. Maybe I'll get some inspiration out of it, some ideas out of it. I don't think I'm going to stop, Derek. You're just going to keep dream journaling. So like, I think not so. only will you do it again, but you will continue to do it again every day, all day, forever. Yeah. Well, well every morning for two minutes. Yeah. Like if I forget, I'm not going to be upset at myself, but I can't see how me spending a minute writing down those thoughts, getting a little deep dive is going to hurt me. And it's 60 seconds, man. So yeah, I'm not only going to do it again, I'm going to continue to do it from now. I think that sounds healthy and productive. I think that you picked something you enjoyed and it is so nice when that happens, man. Like, I remember how fucking stoked I was when I did cross stitch and then it turns out I enjoyed it. And you know what? Picking a good thing for yourself. That's I like to hear that. I'm not going to do it again anytime soon. And you know what? Now that we've said that, this is very much the kind of thing that would like click with you. I get it. Like it's, this is that self-improvement wheelhouse where like I get to understand my myself relatively low maintenance it involves writing and creativity but subconscious creativity yeah this this checks out this all really pans for me yeah man exactly what you were saying 100 man i think the biggest reason i'm going to continue to do it is not so much the self-improvement but just being able to tap into some creative artistic ideas because i find when i write i put a lot of pressure on myself but just writing what my subconscious thought might spurn some other creative writing endeavors and if it doesn't oh no I wasted 60 seconds a day. I don't think that there's a single psychoanalyst on earth that would say like trying to tie your subconscious and dreamscape into your creative endeavors is going to yield unproductive results. Like, <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah. Here's step one, art school 101. Welcome aboard. I hope everyone brought their paintbrushes and no dreams. Okay. <laughs> Sick of these fucking dreamers in my goddamn art class. When you walk in this class, you leave your goddamn dreams at the goddamn 
damn door, okay? Now let's paint. But anyways, yeah, that was my week. That was my thing. That leads me to the part of the week that Derek gets to relish this week. What's up, man? You know what, dude? Writing raps took a lot out of me, too. And I don't want to double down on soft boy shit, so I kind of want to hit something in my wheelhouse, and we're doing hard nerd boy shit this week, Ryan. Tight nerd boy shit. Fucks with it. Yeah, dude. Speaking of dreams, you know, I've always wanted since I was a kid to be a superhero, you know? Spider-Man's my favorite. I've, I've always wanted, you know, superpowers, origin story, you know, weakness, uh, all of the classic superhero tropes. And this week, Ryan, you and I are going to write some for ourselves. Okay. Okay. So what does that all entail? But I'm digging it so far. I don't know. You could be like, try hard, man. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, now I can't because you said it, so... <laughs> yeah, stole that right out from under you. Basically, Ryan, I want you to come up with an archetypical superhero backstory, like, you know, alien crashes to Earth with inhuman powers or, like, radioactive flea, whatever it happens to be. Give yourself, like, a I got shot full of gamma radiation like Bruce Banner. Pick a thing. Give yourself an origin story. I want you to tell me what your powers are. Try to get into detail. Try to be creative. I mean, you know, I want to find out what your kryptonite is, you know, Superman's weakness was kryptonite, specifically Batman, you know, his childhood traumas and was afraid of bats. So yeah, man, just like, give me a kryptonite. And then from there, come prepared to discuss, dude. I mean, shit, if you want to draw it, draw it. If you want to cosplay it, even better. <laughs> you want to LARP it, dude? Just go to, just go to a park. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what you're saying is I'm creating a superhero. Uh, you want the origin story, you want the powers, you want the kryptonite. Anything above and beyond is nice but unnecessary. Just extra fodder. No extra try-hard points for me. I want to be super clear on something, though. Like, yes, you're correct. With the singular exception that I don't need it to be a superhero, I want you to come up with superpowers. If you want to go straight villainous, man, that's your own prerogative. I don't care about the, you know, moral allegiance here. I just, I do want you to come up with an origin story, a kryptonite, superpowers is the bare minimum. Bonus points if you LARP. Bonus points if I LARP. Boom. <laughs> All right, man. I'm excited for this one. I think this is a really good activity. I'm pumped that uh, I'm pumped that I'm in dream journaling. It might help me create my character. <laughs> Eight hours of sleep, man. Yeah, Ryan's an elf. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I'm honestly, I'm pretty excited to see where, you know, we end up in the fantasy realm next week. But with that, I think it's about time we put dream journaling to bed, Ryan. Yeah, no, 100% nap time for dream journaling. So that about does it for this week's episode of the One New Thing podcast. If you liked it, feel free to find more just like it on whatever app or platform you found this episode on. We're all over the place. And while you're there... Please like, subscribe, leave a comment. It's nuts how much that helps us grow. Facts and Stats theme was provided by Rebecca Juline. And a special shout out to Queen Elizabeth II for a featuring in my nightmares all week. If you want to keep up with the visual representation of this podcast, check us out on Instagram at One New Thing Podcast. And hey, Ryan. Yeah, Derek. I'm proud of you. Proud of you too, buddy. That was five seconds of Homer Simpson snoring. I know that content is substandard, but I don't know what you want from me. We were sleeping the entire time. <laughs>